Hey everyone, I'm your host and soul sister, Gretchen North. I'm a veteran health and wellness professional turned life coach. Sticky Situation is about getting unstuck so that we can get on living the lives we are meant to live. We'll share stories and advice, hear from experts, and even do some guest coaching to be reminded of living today with more awareness and inspiration, all in the spirit of creating a more fulfilling tomorrow. To get in touch, find me at gonorthcoaching.com. Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to have with me the owner and founder of Thrive Tutoring New York and the co-director of The Sugar Experiment, my multi-passionate aunt, Jean-Marie Stein. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Gretchen. I've been excited to be on Sticky Situation. Yay! I say you're multi-passionate because your your primary livelihood has been tutoring high school and college students and all that has grown from that business. But today we're talking about the sugar experiment. So I'm curious how you got into this. Well, Gretchen, I mean, it's not that far away from what I usually do because what I really am is a researcher, a scientist, and an educator. But now I'm just educating people about sugar and not mathematics. I love it. I mean, why sugar? How did this come about? I'm just going to put it out there because people are very uncomfortable with it. Uh, Sugar is an addictive substance. And I found myself one day standing high on a step stool, searching through my pantries to find any piece of leftover chocolate, maybe from baking or some s'mores to eat at 11 o'clock at night to satisfy a unrelenting craving that needed to be satisfied right then. Just like any junkie searching for their white substance, I was searching for my sugar. And the way that I got so far down the sugar hole was a result of giving up alcohol. And I know that sounds crazy. There's sugar and alcohol, right? Yeah. So the thing is, is I had in January, 2019, uh, stopped drinking alcohol. Now I hadn't intended to, I uh, liked my wine every night and I didn't really feel there was any harm in it. I had never been alcohol free curious. They call that sober curious. And I wasn't reading any quit lit. That's literature you read when you become obsessed with wanting to quit alcohol. I was none of those things. But when my girlfriend asked me to join her in an alcohol-free January, I said, yes, I'm kind of a person who says yes to their friends. So when a friend asks me to do something, I usually will participate. So I joined my girlfriend with no intention of doing anything but the 31 days. And yet at the end of the time, I had learned so much about alcohol that I didn't want to drink again. I was one of the lucky few who became uh, spontaneously sober. I thought that was great, except that I slowly started to add other items to replace my evening sugar, my evening white wine. I finally fell upon popsicles. I thought, oh, these are great. They're 150 calories. They are 
zero fat. What a wonderful, healthy little snack. But I didn't have any idea that they were loaded with 26 grams of sugar, which exceeds the daily recommendation, which is kind of a farce anyway. Then I would sometimes have two. So I would have 52 grams of sugar at nine o'clock at night watching a movie with my husband. And it was sending me into the dopamine cycle of constantly needing more sugar. I'm still stuck on this idea of spontaneously sober. A lot of people do dry January. You hear of that. Something clicked inside of you based on what you were learning that you wanted to continue with that path. That's a really good point. A lot of us do dry January, sober October. We give up alcohol for Lent, but we just white knuckle it through. We don't learn anything about what we were doing that would really change our habits, change our mind, change our neuropathways. I participated in an amazing program uh, by Annie Grace, who first wrote a book called This Naked Mind. That's about your mind not being numbed by substances such as alcohol and being naked to feel the world around you, to feel your emotions. And sometimes that's hard for us. We don't really allow ourselves to feel everything. So her first book was This Naked Mind, and then she followed it up with The Alcohol Experiment, which was 30 days of emails and videos telling you something about alcohol that day or something about why you drink, why you numb, asking you to journal, asking you to really go deep in your relationship about alcohol. At the end, to question if that relationship is serving you. And at the end, I found it really wasn't serving me. And I was lucky because a lot of people find it isn't serving them and really leave the experiment thinking they can moderate. One thing that's not in my vocabulary is moderation. So I knew that I probably wasn't a candidate so I decided I would just continue along and see what that was like. I just was curious about what will this be like if I don't drink. Right. I remember you telling me, I'm going to try to go for 100 days. That might take me to around your birthday, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. I actually uh, am a masochist and I had scheduled a double surgery on my hand and my foot on my birthday. Oh, and brother. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'd be on crutches and a cat and a uh, arm cast. I thought maybe I'll heal better if I'm completely alcohol free going into these surgeries. So that was a driving force. It was a good excuse to continue. And it's a weird thing that I say excuse, but we question people who don't drink. We don't question why you're drinking. We question why you're not drinking. And so it was easy for me to say, oh, I have this surgery coming up. So I'm trying to be alcohol free. That's so interesting. And I wonder how much of that, you know, we create in our minds that there'll have to be an explanation because it's so rampant in society. Our society loves its alcohol and people who don't drink threaten, they're, they're a threat to the fun. Um, people sometimes think that you're going to be judgmental. It's, an inter it's a very interesting dynamic somebody's drinking or non-drinking doesn't have any impact on me. This idea of numbing, I know Brene Brown talks about the inability to selectively numb emotions. And I'm curious, you know, what you learned about that or what your experience was about this um, kind of living wide open. Life is better living wide open. I really 
feel all the feels. I'm more present for people. I am able to be in the moment. And I told my daughter that if I made it two years, I was going to get a little tattoo on my foot that said stay. And it means stay in the situation. Because when we choose to take a drug, to numb, we're leaving that situation. We leave the situation. We leave the party. We leave the conversation. We end up having our own little relationship with our alcohol and our little white wine buzz or whatever's going on. So I wanted to get this little tattoo that said stay. And I got to the two-year mark and I told her, gee, I'm not sure that I'm staying yet. I think I better wait three years. And I got to the three-year mark and I'm still not sure. But Annie Grace does say that it takes about four years until you're completely finished and you don't question it anymore. So I'm looking forward to that. I love not numbing. Wasn't even using sugar to numb. It was accidentally eating sugar and creating the dopamine cycle when I thought I was eating healthy food. So I was actually dealing with a sugar addiction, but I didn't understand that. I wasn't reaching for it to numb. So you can't numb it all out. And when you numb it all out, you don't feel anything. So what fun is that? Right. So essentially, when you were standing on that stool, you realized that you may have just replaced one habit for another. And I was embarrassed. Gretchen, I'm an educator. People look up to me and here I am standing on a stool, kind of out of control, right? Hiding in my pantry, hoping my husband doesn't walk in on me doing this, looking for chocolate. So what'd you do? I started to try to write my own program, like Annie Grace. I started, I said, okay, the education and the science appealed to me. It made me, I'm going to learn everything I can about sugar. And every time I learned a, a piece of information, there were 10 more pieces I needed to learn. And I tried to give up sugar in what I thought was sugar. I tried to give up my jelly beans and my icing and my ice cream but I wasn't getting anywhere. And I asked a nutritionist to join me and she didn't take up the torch. About six months later, I asked a physical trainer to join me and they didn't take up the torch. I couldn't get anyone to bite and I couldn't do it on my own. I, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't have 13 years of education and a, and a certificate from the uh, Nutrition Institute in Manhattan. I don't have any of that. I'm a NASA engineer and a electrical engineer and a math teacher. I, I don't know these things. I was in a conversation with a really good girlfriend and she said, I'm launching a new program. It's going to be all about mindful eating. And I, I think I said, snore. <laughs> That's what I just said in my mind. Uh, oh, <laughs> and she goes, well, what do you mean? And I was like, Jen, it's been done. Stop 10 people on the Avenue and ask them what they know about mindful eating. And nine of them are going to give you a pretty good response. She said, huh. She said, well, what do you think I should do? And I said, sugar. <laughs> she goes, sugar? Oh, come on. She had she'd forgotten about sugar addiction. She's into gluten and dairy and the vagus nerve and the gut biome. And I'm like, those words are too big for me. I'm just focused on sugar. Through many conversations, and I can even say arguments, uh, because I had to beg her to understand that I wasn't trying to fill a need by eating my sugar.
that it was different. It was in my blood that I had to have that sugar, that it was actually an addiction. She came around and she said, I think you're right. Let's do this. And we tried to just emulate a program in which we could teach people, teach myself, I was the guinea pig, about sugar, about what it does to your body, about the fact that it has no nutrients, is calorically dense, and is the root cause of many, many diseases. Fatty liver syndrome, heart disease, obesity, diabetes. As you go deeper, you start to go, why would I eat this? Well, you know why we eat it? It tastes good, right? So we uncovered that the key part for someone to get a hold of their addiction is to not eat sugar in food it doesn't belong in. And here's what I mean. My husband came home from the up-end, high-scale grocery store in our community yesterday, and he said, I couldn't find one loaf of bread that didn't have four grams of sugar a slice. And I was like, oh, that's crazy, because usually you'll see two. But why is sugar in our bread? And then you start looking, and it's in everything. It's in your yogurt. It's in your cereal. It's in all your condiments. It's in all of your drinks. 50% of sugar intake for human beings is through liquid by sweetening their coffee, tea, or sodas, Gatorade, juice, etc. So the idea that we realized is that what people need to do is not eat sugar where sugar doesn't belong. What will happen is they won't be in the throes of the sugar addiction day to day. Their mind will clear. They will make better choices. And if they want to then have sugar, not because they're jonesing for it, not because they're trying to feed the addiction, but because they're at a wedding and that cake looks great. Or they went to their girlfriend's house who just made cookies and they're going to have a cookie. So the, the way that we kind of structured the 31 days is that we have to remove all the sugar and the artificial sweeteners from your body. And the first five days, that includes fruit. Just, just take it a reset of what things taste like. Because when someone's diet is full of sugar and artificial sweeteners, which most of our diets are, they can't even taste the natural sweetness in food. Fruit has a lot of sugar, but we don't mind that sugar because it's natural. It is combined with fiber and nutrients, which slow down the absorption in the body, which slow down the insulin response. So when you mentioned that uh, once people have an understanding of how much sugar they may be unintentionally consuming and then being able to reintroduce it into their lives in moderation. Um, do you, t do you find that people have a hard time doing that? Do they just go back to that addictive state? They really don't see the thing is, is that a lot of people, you know, Americans eat dessert for breakfast. Our breakfasts are really unhealthy by and large, whether it's your cereal my husband was eating a healthy cereal and it had 13 grams of sugar a serving. He was so bummed out. So he started reading all the labels and sat down and looked at his breakfast and eliminated. He went to something else. So even people who try to eat healthfully might be accidentally eating a lot of sugar. Same with like a nice um, organic yogurt. It might be loaded with sugar. So when people make that shift, it's really easy. They buy a Oh, by the way, you can't buy sugar-free because sugar-free often means sweetened in a different way. So you have to buy unsweetened. So when people buy an unsweetened 
vanilla yogurt to replace their sugar bomb yogurt, they don't miss it and they don't go back and they put some fruit on top and um, instead of sprinkling granola on top, they might sprinkle some walnuts and then some cinnamon and nutmeg. And they've got this beautiful, delicious, healthy breakfast, as opposed to the 25 grams of breakfast of oh, sugar they might've eaten at breakfast. So by eliminating it throughout the day, the cravings go away. Then you choose to have sugar on your terms. I was at a book club, it's a couple's book club. And one of the gentlemen had been in there. He's one of these tall, thin men with a tiny little belly. And he lost that little belly on the TS-31. But he had sugar, he had a very big sweet tooth. And so the, and he's tamed it. So the dessert tray was put out and he said, so Jamie, what do we do now? And I said, pick one or two of your favorites and enjoy it. You know, that's fine. That's not gonna send you into every day, all day having sugar. So when sugar becomes sort of small and insignificant or irrelevant in your life, that's where you want to be. And it's back to making a dessert special. Exactly. And, you know, you did say about do people get in trouble with when they reintroduce the sugar. The things that you have to identify will be triggers for yourself. One thing we don't do, we don't ask people to measure. We don't ask people to be hungry. We don't ask people to cook anything special. We don't ask them to count calories or fat grams or anything. I've been on so many diets. I have a bookcase full of diets and I've spent Sundays cooking all day and labeling and then looking up on the app, what am I supposed to eat now? And it kind of makes you crazy when you finish the diet and whatever that means finish, it was 14 days or it was 28 days or it was you wanted to lose 10 pounds. You didn't really learn anything at the end. Our participants, what we find is that they never stop reading labels. And if it says added sugar, they don't buy that. They buy something else. Your What's in your refrigerator changes. And it becomes very natural for you to continue that. So I'm thinking of people who are listening and they're curious and it feels really overwhelming to kind of go into this abstinence mode right off the bat. How do you get people on board with going on this journey of, you know, where sugar hiding in their life and, and cutting it out? We spend a week of prep and we do have a pantry purge. And we ask people to go through and anything that says added sugar to put it aside. We don't ask you to throw it away, but just put it aside for now and replace it with items. If you know that you eat mayonnaise, please go and buy a mayonnaise that doesn't have sugar and have it in your refrigerator. So we ask them to prepare. So they spend that week getting ready and they want to be there. They want to be there because of crazy results. You know, basically you break these things within five days. These aren't addictions that need uh, hospitalizations like heroin, you have some headaches and you might have some body aches. And we have a range of supplements we recommend. Magnesium is helpful. A few other uh, items are helpful. And we say you might want to have these on hand because addiction's real and withdrawal's real. And you might not feel very well on day two and day three, but by day five, you're going to be feeling great. And that's, that's the experience that people have. I mean, it is called an experiment. So knowing that for better or for worse, this is short term. They can try it out. You're saying that they have seen results of 
other participants. And so that's probably the motivation that gets them in the mindset to at least try, if not stick with it. What would you say the completion rate is? 90% and the 10% who don't finish, there have been very compelling reasons. It's extraordinary for people not to be able to complete this because it's so easy. One of It took a lot of convincing for me with Jen because she feels it's um, not enough. There's so much more. And I said, well, you know, beginner mind. Let's free ourselves of the sugar so we can think about the next thing. So we got a letter from a woman who had worked with nutritionists for many years. And she said, thank you. Thank you for giving me only one thing to focus on. Mm. So we didn't ask anything else of people. And they they responded. I, I'm shocked at the, the older people who weight becomes very... Uh, um, difficult to shed after menopause, but we have a 72 year old woman who lost 20 pounds over three months and wrote to us and said, I never even went on a diet. She's like, I, I, I'm, I'm just so shocked. I never dieted. <laughs> like, well, you, you changed. She's, it's a lifestyle. I know people are thinking, what more is to this? <laughs> just 10 companies control 80% of the world's food and beverage supply. And 80% of that supply has unnecessary added sugar. So if you're buying things in packages, whether they're drinks or boxes or bags, you're probably consuming a lot more sugar than you thought you were. And when you eliminate that, massive changes happen in your body and they happen very quickly. And if nothing else, just check, just check your packaging, right? There are 94 different names for sugar and the manufacturers are required to list in order of the presence in a product, the ingredients, right? What manufacturers have done up until now to get around that is to maybe use three to five sources of sugar so that each one is not a huge percentage of the product, then the name sugar falls far down the list of ingredients. And so people who are ingredient readers aren't seeing that. 2021 marked a massive positive change for consumers. Big manufacturers had to put onto the label added sugar. And that means sugar that's been poured in, not naturally occurring in fruit and milk, et cetera. So it's much easier now for people to see how much sugar but even if you're a pretty good label reader, you might not recognize these 94 names. <laughs> Who would? <laughs> Who would? I know if they end an OSE, it's probably sugar. Yes. <laughs> so what was similar in your personal experience since you're this unicorn that has quit alcohol and sugar? What was like similar or different in the battle? Sugar's literally poured into all of our food. So some people eat five times a day. You have to eat to live. You don't have to have a glass of alcohol to live, right? So you can stop drinking alcohol and not turn your whole life upside down. To stop eating sugar, you have to have a week of sort of hypervigilance while you figure it out. It's just tricky. And if you want to go outside out and socialize, you know, guess what? You don't get to order the honey glazed salmon anymore, but you can still have salmon. Say, could, you th could the chef prepare it in a different way? I don't eat sugar. So in some ways, this sugar has been the bigger challenge. A hundred percent. It's much, much more challenging than alcohol. Wow. I know. You wouldn't think it, but it is. Yeah. 
Are there certain resources that you would want to share or are you offering the sugar experiment on an ongoing basis if people were interested in learning more or potentially participating? What options do they have? We have a website called This Radiant Life 31. And I would be happy to offer any of your listeners an ongoing discount, Sticky 25, and they can have 25% off. The sugar experiment is only $107 for 31 days. It is an investment into a lifetime of change. And I honestly believe it'll be the last diet you ever do. So, so they can come to the website. We are on Instagram at this radiant life 31. We're going to make it our mission to get humans off of sugar and whether they choose to do it with us or choose to do it on their own, it doesn't matter. It has to happen. And I know that you looked for a program before co-creating this. I did four. <laughs> they didn't help me. They taught me how to pour xylitol into everything, which is incredibly sweet, which has not been studied enough. It might be safe. It might not be, but it still leaves you wanting something more because you've got that sweetness, this, this excessive sweetness poured in. So every single day I got to make myself a little dessert with xylitol. It just makes no sense as I'm trying to become sugar-free. We do believe that when people take a moment to make a daily reflection, they help rewire the neural pathways. So I would also encourage people to reflect on their relationship with sugar and what made them want that craving right then. Why did they feel they needed to eat the 35 jelly beans right then. If you reflect, you can just set a timer and don't exceed four minutes. Just sit down and think about, we, we send a daily reflection every day with the emails, but you could do it on your own. You could reflect about why you're eating. One other thing, cravings. Cravings last 90 seconds. If you can get through that 90 seconds, you'll find that the craving is over. And so we teach people how to ride the wave of the craving just through mindfulness. Like you just sit still and think, what am I feeling? Give it a name. Why am I feeling this? What am I trying to meet? And and the craving passes. And nine times out of 10, it's not because you're hungry. Something else, you're bored, you're sad, you're lonely. Do you have any daily practices that contribute to your joy, help keep you on track? It's super important to get outside every day, even for 10, 15 minutes. 10 minutes, if you don't have any time, 10 minutes, just go out. I think that's really, really important. It's really important for me. There's times I live in a cold weather environment and there's times that I look outside and I just don't even want to go out. And so I think it's super important to get outside. It's important to take a few deep breaths once in a while. And I kind of joked about not wanting to learn about the vagus nerve, but I did learn about it. And it's the, it's basically, I'm going to sum it up really quickly. It's the body's superpower. It is the thing that can make you calm down in one minute. And there's different ways to activate it, but the easiest, most accessible way to activate it for your listeners is six deep breaths and your body just calms down. Your mind slows and that's it. I also now take a probiotic. We live in a world now that is inundated with um, environmental toxins and our body can't cleanse it all. And I do practice a sleep routine so much sage advice. I've just finished my yoga teacher training where we've talked about the vagus nerve. We've talked about sleep. All of your research um, is founded in science and that you are the product of these experiments that you've uh, 
endured personally. And I really do agree with you that this could be people's uh, very last diet because I've, I've known you my entire life and I pretty much have always known you to be on a diet. You talked <laughs> about the cookbooks that you have in your house and all of them are some sort of trend, right? And, you know, for you to boil it down to this one ingredient, I really hope inspires people. I really appreciate the wisdom and the practical approach that people can take and the special discount. Sticky 25. Are there any parting words? I would just love people to reclaim their health and their empowerment by just doing one thing, and that's eliminating the words added sugar from your diet. You can do it. And when you do, you're going to reduce your chance of so many diseases, but you're also going to look better. Your skin's going to look great. We didn't even touch on that. You're not going to have any more facial puffiness or belly bloat, and you're just going to feel terrific, and you deserve to feel terrific. Oh my goodness, I forgot to ask you this really burning question I had. At one point, you said to me that you kind of felt like you had no choice, that this program, the Sugar Experiment 31, had to be born. What's that all about? Gretchen, one day I listened to the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and she talks about how ideas are not really our own. They come into existence in the world and they go and they tap on a shoulder and they ask you to give birth to this idea. And they really need to be brought forth. And they only give you so much time to act on it. And I think because of my unique situation with having gone alcohol-free for three years, I felt that it was my responsibility to answer this call and to make this happen. This program was screaming to be created and to be put out there in the universe. And now it's there. And I really think, I think that the world wants humans to be off sugar and now it's killing us. The, the world asked me to make this. I love that. I am so inspired and I hope the listeners are as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Loved being on Sticky Situation and I can't wait to continue to listen to you every week. So that's a wrap. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to work through a sticky situation of your own, shoot me an old school email at gonorthcoaching at gmail or check out my other offerings at gonorthcoaching.com. If you're listening, chances are we know each other and I'm so grateful for your support. Please help me spread the word by sharing, liking, rating, subscribing, Any and all of the things are so appreciated. See you next time.